When it comes to technology and healthcare, one big opportunity that exists is to utilize technology to completely change the way that people access healthcare. So healthcare is not just something that you need to physically go to a bricks and mortar clinic and wait in a waiting room and then be served by a doctor and get a bit of paper and then go home and then go to another one. Although a lot of healthcare still operates like that. As we look to other industries and how e-commerce works now and the rapid advancement of smartphones and just the way that we do things as a society, more and more the way we access healthcare is changing. And in this episode of the podcast, we're deep in the Luminar X Showcase mini-series that we're doing. So there's two conversations you'll hear. And what brings these two together, they're quite different solutions in different areas, but what remains is how they're using technology to help people receive healthcare in different ways. There's a much more modern and consumer focus about it. And these founders are thinking about the whole patient experience thing a little bit differently and doing it with different models. So you'll hear from Stripped Supply, who are taking the subscription box concept to diabetes management. And then you've got GoToHealth with an Uber-like model of booking and securing appointments with clinicians that involve pre-authorizing cards and utilizing dormant assets and white space within clinics more effectively. So really interesting ones to hear from. Thanks to 3M for supporting these episodes of the Luminar X Showcase mini-series that we're doing. Let's get stuck into it. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. The first conversation you'll hear in this episode is with Ashley Hanger from Strip Supply, which is Australia's first diabetes subscription box, automatically delivering NDSS supplies like strips, needles, tips, insulin pumps, and CGM consumables to diabetics when they need them. Let's go. Ashley, firstly, tell us a bit about you and your background, please. Yeah, so I've got a bit of an interesting background, absolutely not health-related at all. I studied journalism at uni and I was a magazine editor for a few years before I fell into marketing. So my my jam is social media and marketing to a young audience. So I'm not really sure how I've ended up in the health industry. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Okay. But something's brought you to participate in the Lumina X program. Start filling those, those gaps for me. Tell a little bit more. Yeah. So about six years ago, I met my partner, Tristan. And on our first date, I came to find out that he is living with type 1 diabetes. So he's been living with type 1 diabetes for over 30 years now. And I was just absolutely shocked by how much he lives with. Uh, It is such an overwhelming and frustrating illness. And I had absolutely no idea. And so I took my ignorance and my just passion to want to support him as best as I could. And I started this this business called Strip Supply. And then I uh, was lucky enough to be accepted into the Lumina X program uh, here on the Gold Coast. And that brings you pretty much up to date. Nice. Well, tell us a bit more about Strip Supply and what it is. Yeah. So Strip Supply is Australia's first diabetes subscription box. So we automate the delivery of diabetes supplies, things like needles, test strips, insulin pump accessories, and CGM sensors. And we're solving the problem of people living with diabetes running out of supplies. Is that a bit, Is that a thing that happens quite often, people running out of supplies? Yeah, it is. I first noticed in my partner that he would forget to order his supplies. He's human mm. at the end of the day. And because pharmacy shelves don't stock these supplies, he if he didn't order them in advance, then he would 
run out. And then I was in some diabetes Facebook groups across Australia and was seeing repeatedly every day people asking, you know, is anyone in the Sydney area have some AccuCheck strips? I've run out my pharmacy. I don't have them stocked this week. And I was just noticing that this was a big problem. It wasn't just Tristan who, you know, found it really challenging to keep on top of his supply restocks. It was a lot of people. And then launching strip supply earlier this year, We've had an incredible organic response, which just proves that people need more support in this area of their management. Really cool. And mm. so so what stage is it at? Yeah, so we're super new. We just went in market in March this year. We have been growing an online community for about a year now, but been officially shipping boxes since March. So we've got a, a wonderful little community of subscribers who are currently getting their products automatically delivered, but we're currently in the growth stage. So hoping to scale up pretty quick. I want to get to the online community bit in mm. a second, because I think that's really cool. But this concept generally of subscription boxes, not new in other areas and a really interesting business model. Is there things that you've learned from other areas and how they've been successful and not successful that you might be applying to this business? Yeah, definitely. I think this business essentially is applying a really basic e-commerce model and a better customer experience to the health space that hasn't experienced this boom in e-commerce like the rest of the e-commerce space did in COVID. So I've really taken a lot of best practice and best customer experience practice from e-commerce stores in apparel and beauty and applied them to this health and diabetes space because, you know, why shouldn't your life-saving supplies be just as good of an experience as buying your skincare? Right. Especially if it's something that you're using all the time. There's always something annoying with healthcare that we seem to overcomplicate things. Is there like regulatory or payments or things that make this a bit more of a complicated process than sending out other more consumable items? Yeah, it is super, super complicated. And so much of diabetes is self-managed, which is why when I came into this space, I couldn't understand why this, what was seemingly simple could be automated. Uh, and then I really dived in and realized that just the health system in Australia is is super complex, particularly with diabetes supplies, which are heavily subsidized by the government, which we're very fortunate for being here in Australia, diabetes supplies. It is more affordable than other places in the world, but being able to give our customers that subsidy before they make payment is more complex than just ordering through a pharmacy, usual consumables or skincare. So we did have to work that out pretty early on because I never wanted to charge my customers more than what they would be charged at a local pharmacy. But we worked that out, but it is a very complex process. Yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like there's a lot of logistics involved as well. Like what's the balance in terms of technology and just shipping lots of stuff around? Yeah, look, it, in terms of fulfillment, it's more simple than you think. A customer will place an order on our website and then that order gets sent directly to our partner pharmacy, a local pharmacy in Sydney. And then they pack a box just, just as they usually would if they were uh, serving a customer in store. And then that's shipped out via Australia Post anywhere in Australia. Cool. And what's some of the technology that supports us? So what, what are you building behind the scenes to be able to scale it out? Yeah, like I said, more simple than you think. At the moment, we're operating on a, a Shopify store with a whole bunch of plugins to customize the experience. And yeah, nice and simple, yeah. which is strange for no. healthcare. <laughs> which I think a lot of people could learn from, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, and the, another element that I think is really interesting, I want to dive into a bit more, is the, you mentioned that, you know, you've been building an online community and then recently launched the product. Talk to me a little bit about this, building that groundswell of understanding of what people need. Yeah, so particularly meeting Tristan, I saw this real gap in support of people living with diabetes when they leave the children's hospital system at age 18. 
in between there and kind of re-engaging with the hospital system when you're probably in your late 30s or early 40s when you start to experience your first complications. There's this real gap in you were kind of swaddled in the children's hospital system. You're probably living with your parents. You have so much support and then all of a sudden you leave home, you get your first job and diabetes will fall to the wayside because you're trying to live your life despite diabetes. And so the reason I first started building this online community is because I just, I personally had so many questions that weren't being answered online, weren't being answered by health specialists and more lifestyle questions. Things like, how does someone date with diabetes? You know, how does that work? How do you start a conversation with your partner about diabetes? Even, you know, we have conversations that people are too afraid to have with their GP. Things like, well, what happens when I want to have sex with diabetes? Or how does a one night stand work? How can I safeguard myself in these situations that you're, you're going to go through in your early 20s, but no one's talking about. So we built an online community based on are these conversations that you probably don't want to have with your parents, but we created a safe space with health professionals, free of myth, free of fear mongering, where people could have those conversations. That's so cool. And so tell me about like, how can people check it out if they're interested in participating? A lot of people are affected by diabetes. Yeah, definitely. So we're on all the major social media platforms. You can find us at strips.supply. We've also got a Facebook group you can join and we have uh, allied health professionals monitoring that Facebook group to answer questions and give really general advice uh, if needed. Um, so yeah, you can find us there. Amazing. And so thinking about then the future, looking forward in terms of strip supply, what's what are the priorities? What's on the horizon for the next 6, 12, 24? So right now, we just want to make sure that as many people living with diabetes know about us as possible so that they know that we're an option and that they can automate their supply delivery if they choose. But I have this big vision of creating an end-to-end diabetes platform to make diabetes as simple as humanly possible. Someone with diabetes makes an extra 180 decisions every single day. I don't know about you, but my brain could not possibly make <laughs> any more decisions I, than what to have unreal. for breakfast. And and I just think that there is so much more that we could be doing to support people with diabetes, particularly type 1 diabetes. And so I've got a really big two-year vision to roll that out and just to make diabetes a little bit easier. Next up on the show is Jacomi Matthews from GoToHealth, which is a platform that takes the pain out of booking health appointments, allowing consumers to find, book and pay for allied health professionals that fit their schedule and budget. Jacomi, firstly, tell us a bit about you and your background. A bit of my background. Look, I used to work in the music business. I was actually involved in some music startups, but I got into technology via music. I wrote a thesis on how mobile would change music consumption habits back in 2004 and ended up consulting for Spotify and Daniel Ek and me and the founder of uh, SoundCloud became sort of beer buddies. Wow. So that strategically plays guitar in the background isn't just a prop. That's a, uh, a legitimate... Well, no, I'm a failed musician. That's why I wrote into the business side. <laughs> <laughs> well, plug that gap. Like, what, what are you doing uh, on this podcast today? That you, so you're yeah. more in the health side now. Yeah, I, I got into health tech because I had a personal experience where I, when I moved back from the UK, I used to lecture in entrepreneurship. And ironically, I was going up in a lift. It was meant to let me out at the fifth floor. It didn't. It stopped and dropped two floors. I compressed a disc in my back after that. Uh, needless to say, I'm still bloody getting anxiety hopping into any list these days. But that led to me having to see a chiropractor minimum twice a week. It was actually more like three or four times, but I'd book my chiropractor 
twice a week for two and a half years, but I'd wake up with chronic pain and I um, also couldn't get my normal practitioner. And I would use those current booking platforms out there for health appointments and just found it to be quite a nightmare with some, I won't mention names, but with some actually just getting you to click on something and then saying, oh, sorry, they're not available because they haven't activated bookings, i.e. they're not even integrated with their platform wanting to sell your data to go and get them as a customer. And I just thought there's got to be a better way to do this. Now, what I went then is, look, I know what a problem is on the patient consumer side, but what is a corresponding problem on the clinic side that can be brought together that involves booking to really solve two problems, but cut friction points for both clinics and patients. And that led me on a journey to actually go and door knock just over 250 allied health and GP clinics across Sydney, Coffs Harbour, Byer and Brisbane. I got politely told and not so politely told to F off by just <laughs> under 120 of them. I did get to speak to 130 of these clinics and we were asking them questions about what platforms they use, what practice management, what booking platforms they use, what they like, what they don't like, what their average cancellation, what their average reschedule and no-show rates were. We found out some really interesting data from that and that was that, you know, an average clinic, and this is a weighted mean, loses 20 to 21 percent of their weekly bookings or cancellations or reschedules and a further five to seven percent of no shows so we're talking 25 percent on average a lot of leakage some clinics are more some are less and i was like now that's a problem i want to try and solve or help solve on the clinic side and bring together with patient bookings yeah interesting and so you know how do you make that connection that you know that gap where it's the reschedules and the no-shows that technology has a role to play there how did you deduct that that's the problem not just that that's a problem to be solved but how to go about solving the problem yeah well hadn't been done before it's taken us a while Look, I don't come from a medical background. I've had previous startups, previous exits, but I like solving problems. And the, the medical industry seems to be very fragmented across the different dynamics across the ecosystem that is sort of there. And how did we do that? Well, we decided we would actually partner with practice management platforms and integrate with them in a very tight manner so we could actually flip the model on the patient side to where you just input on the homepage the exact date you want an appointment, the therapy type, the distance you're prepared to go, and the cost you can afford or are prepared to pay. Because of those integrations with practice management platforms, we just pull availability based on those customer inputs in real time. Then we only surface top three to five results that match that patient's requirements. The user can then see the price on an Uberlite map of each of the clinics for the, whether it's a doctor or a chiro or a physio appointment, etc. They can see the rating of the clinic, much like Uber. It is modeled around Uber, but for health appointments. We are basically using unused inventory and trying to fill that in real time based on customer demand. It's an interesting space to operate in as well too, because you know, that patient booking technology side is something that's definitely evolved over the past five, 10 years, didn't exist maybe 10 years ago in the outpatient setting, potentially a little bit in the allied space, but especially in GP side, really only in the last five or so years, it's actually really picked up. And these days now in an outpatient setting, if you don't have 
online bookings, it's usually a little bit strange as opposed to the other way around too. So it's interesting that you saw enough of a challenge there, you know, even though there are some well-established players already that there's still an opportunity there to do something meaningful for the customers. But like you say, it's come off the back of a lot of those discussions too. So that's something. Yeah. We actually went further in our business model and we actually surveyed 15,000 health practitioners across GPs and allied health practitioners across Australia. And we helped us come up with our business model and we are free at point of entry for clinics. They can just put in their API key, sync, and they're up and live. There are no ongoing monthly fees. We just clip the ticket because we own payment at point of booking. We can guarantee clinics payment for every booking that comes through our platform because patients, we pre-authorize their card at point of booking. Mm. But in return, they get appointments that meet their criteria. They get the price transparency. They can see their gap payment. They can see their Medicare rebate with that practitioner before they press book. And hey, look, you're participating in the Lumina X program. What are you really hoping to get out of participating in this in terms of building the business? Look, we just graduated from two other accelerator programs, but they weren't health focused. And we're getting a lot of health knowledge from the mentors, the coaches, the actual sessions, educational sessions, and also the other startups that, that are actually there and learning a lot more about health and AI and machine learning data, which we do have in our roadmap for future sort of plays or offerings down the track. For that, really, to get a better understanding, they have close ties with the Gold Coast Hospital Group. They also have close ties with uh, Griffith Uni and Bond Uni who have big health departments and further research. We actually want to do further research for patient side and patient experience, which I think has been missing a lot in the health industry generally. When it comes to your patient experience, not only when you book the appointment, but then when you get there, well, look, I booked this appointment. Why am I now having to wait 25 minutes? Because patients earn money. Time away from a job is usually time. They're not making money when they have to go to a health appointment. And just really thinking about those things and all the friction points around booking, trying to just knock them off one by one and make it a more smooth experience, but not just for patients, for clinics as well. Clinics also have yeah. issues. And so from my understanding as well, you're doing this in quite a targeted approach when looking at the rollout of the platform. Is that right in terms of geographically where you're focusing? Yes. Well, initially we're going into private beta. We've already got 28 clinics that have signed up to be part of the private beta in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. That's just because we've got tighter budgets for marketing and we can do a lot more effective hyper-local marketing to drive patient awareness, to drive bookings to those clinics. I think as well, doing it in a particular location, you get to then really test out different strategies and approaches and have a bit more clarity in terms of what was effective and wasn't too. So that's something. Exactly. Well, we are looking to actually, if you look at the way Uber Eats rolled out across Australia, they did it by groups of suburbs. They got the restaurants on site, then they were out there pushing their referral offers in a hyper-local manner. We're sort of looking at a very similar rollout in that respect, making sure the supply side's in and groups of suburbs and then driving patient awareness and patient bookings that way. Got you. Thinking about that whole patient journey in terms of booking the appointment and everything, you know, you mentioned something that's quite different or unique about your platform is that credit cards are pre authorized when they book. So then clinics have that confidence when booking in somebody. How do you think patients will respond to this process? Is it something that they'd be amenable to? I think, look, we've had these on-demand services. They're used to it in Uber, Uber Eats, 
Ola, on Airbnb, all these things that you're getting that on demand. I do think initially, I don't think we're going to get everyone, but neither did Uber. But I think over time, as we grow, we'll be more of that. And interestingly, Medicare doesn't cover private doctor appointments. A lot of people go to see private doctor appointments going further even bulk build clients now, I know my doctor, there's also a gap payment on top of the bulk billing I've got to pay. There's more and more of that happening. And then you look at allied health, Medicare doesn't cover anything of allied health, dental either. So people are used in some of these doctors, they're not so used to having to pay. That is changing. They are for private doctors and they are our initial targets anyway, people who go to the private doctors. But allied health, as consumers, patients, we are used to having to pay for that. All we've done is bring that forward, but given you as a patient, the opportunity to see the exact cost, what your gap payment or your Medicare rebate will be for that service. And as I said, we're not going to get everyone initially. And not only that, we've built in another feature based on clinic feedback, which we will be launching with, was that, hey, well, you might drive customers, but then you might take them away from me. So in our search function, you can search for a particular practitioner or clinic and put that in as one of your criteria and we'll show them up. But if they don't match the patient's criteria, we'll still show them and you can, the patient can go and check things, but they've also got other options. So do you picture this like a, you know, when you talk about the Ubers and other platforms where you go to as a site and then choose anybody that way, is it going to be a central platform there that patients go to, to book any provider, or is it something that a provider can then integrate into their website to then take bookings? Or is it a little bit of both that you'll be bringing? Well, a little bit of both. Well, we're going to wait and to see how we go and market. We have a couple of strategies for each of those, but we want to see what feedback and data we get that will help guide us. But we want to be focused on what both the clinics and patients are telling us. So sometimes that may diverge. And then we're going to have to make a decision on which way we go yeah. with that. But until we're at that point, we want to keep as open as possible. But we want to be providing value to both sides of the table. That's the key here. I don't think the other competitors have thought through some of their processes in terms of value for customers is also time wasted trying to find an appointment, et cetera. And I don't think the other platforms have really nailed that well. In this increasingly on-demand and busy world, there's got to be more focus on the customer side. But there's also got to be focus to understand that clinics are losing money. No other platform out there is guaranteeing payment to these clinics for every booking that comes through their booking engine. We can do that. It's really hard finding that balance between servicing both ends of the service provision from the customer and the provider side. So the fact you're thinking about that and putting customers at the center, but also thinking from a business perspective, from a clinic, that makes a lot of sense. And that's going to be really interesting to watch and see what the feedback says. Thinking about then the future for you guys, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of open space in terms of taking on the feedback and getting the, the runs on the board and considering use of some more intelligence in the platform. What do you expect to see and what do you hope to see over the next 6, 12, 24 months coming out of Goa? Look, within the next 12 to 18 months, we intend to have a feature via our integrations with the practice management platforms to be sending out text messages to patients if their practitioner is behind by 20, 40 minutes saying, hey, they're behind by this time, turn up at this time, even though you booked that, to give them the more flexibility, stuff like that. Down the track, 
there is other opportunities, especially overseas. A lot of the booking engines in Australia are very domestic focused. We actually are starting this from a global focus. We're already in partnership discussions with businesses in Mexico, in Chile, in India, Indonesia, etc., who believe this model will work. And some of them are slightly different business cases, but the business model works for that. And it's still bringing medical and patients together. By the end of year one from launch, we intend to be fully across all of Sydney and then start looking across other cities in Australia and have a rapid second year scale up. Hope you enjoyed these two conversations in this Lumina Extra Case mini-series episode that we've done. It's part of a six-part series, which has been kind of neat. It's great to hear some of these early stage organizations coming through solving some really important problems. And hey, if you're up around the Gold Coast area and keen to attend the Demo Day, which is where each of the founders get up on stage and talk about their solutions a little bit more and, and particularly what they've learned through the LuminarX program, get amongst it. It's on the 11th of August and more information can be found on the Talking Health Tech website and the show notes of this episode. Stay subscribed to the podcast though. There's more coming. Speak to you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.